to finally uh, meet you and hear your voice. Right. Yeah, likewise. Likewise there. Great, uh, great to be here. And um, yeah, super excited there. And I've uh, been, um, been, uh, been a fan there for a couple of years there. Um, I've, seen, I've watched your YouTube videos there many the times there. And uh, it's great to finally, uh, great to finally build a partnership. Definitely. And uh, I guess for people in the audience that may or may not be aware, um, you know, Tectum is now uh, sponsoring Cheeky Crypto as a channel. And uh, I think, you know, we're super excited. We think the project is is a fantastic project. And as many people that are very familiar with Cheeky Crypto, we don't really tend to do that many sponsorships. So, um, you know, it's got to be something really special. So, uh, Trevor, would you mind just, I guess, giving the audience that perhaps are not sure, you know, about you, your background, and Tectum, uh, I guess, a, a bit of an intro as to to who you are and and you know how you got to where you are today. I guess you know how did you uh, end up in crypto and you know working on a, on a project? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. I guess my journey, well, my background, uh, my legacy two job used to be into engineering, manufacturing, uh, in in the operations side of that, um, and I actually got to travel a good bit of the world because of uh, the type of job that I had. So it gave me a good insight to different countries, different cultures, and uh, you know, I'd done that in my early twenties and. I guess around 2015, 16, I started going down the rabbit hole of learning about uh, our monetary system. Um, you know, going way back to Roman times with uh, gold coins uh, as currency, and then the debasement of gold coins and how these cycles tend to repeat themselves uh, throughout the course of time. Uh, and that's obviously then that would that led me down the the Bitcoin rabbit hole. And I started uh, really seeing how uh, Bitcoin was starting to get center stage and um, looked into it more. And the more I learned about it, the more I was excited about it. But a few kind of things that I kind of suspected at the time was, well, based on what I've learned, if this thing grows into the behemoth that it should do, will this not cause, um, uh, what would you say, uh, fees high fees and congestion in the network and as we sort of seen in that bull run around you know the 2017 bull run we did see that we seen um where making a payment was uh, getting up starting to gradually go up and up and up congestion on the network meant that people making payments might might have to wait several hours or maybe even days at that time and so i seen a scalability issue even at that time that I found very interesting. So it led me down the rabbit hole really of seeing about um, other blockchains, other technologies. And um, then that is how I came across Tectum Blockchain. Um, I seen what they were doing. Uh, at that time, we can go a little bit deeper, obviously. At that time, I seen um, how they were able to do cheaper and faster transactions even on a layer one uh, i found that very interesting so uh, i reached out to the company started to build a good rapport with them um, we, we we all had a similar mindset there when it came to say monetary history and where things are going to go in the future and uh, basically uh, joined the team 
that time and uh, built myself up there to where I got to know the product very, very well. And then uh, that's what led me into uh, a position of uh, COO for the team. So that was kind of my background, how I got involved into it there. So it was it was a very organic transition and uh, something that I never thought would happen there. But uh, I've never looked in the mirror since, you know, um, it's been a roller coaster of a ride. And, uh, you know, we're now here in 2024. And, uh, you know, 2024 is going to prove to be one of those big epic years in all proportions there. So that's that's kind of my background up until now and uh, how I got into the space. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, very similar to how I got back into the space because I've always been in and out of the space. And uh, I ended up getting back in because I was looking at project plans for the Bank of England and um you know, Ripple sparked my interest and, um, yeah, went down the rabbit hole and, and here we are today. It's, uh, it's an interesting sort of backstory and I, I, I kind of, uh, align very much, uh, I guess with the journey that I've been through. So yeah, I can see how that happens for sure. Um, would you mind giving us, uh, I, I guess, uh, a, a description of, of what Tectum is, uh, for anybody that perhaps doesn't know? Yeah, absolutely. So right now we've got uh, a fully functional layer one blockchain um, as well as a finished product that we call the soft note that we're uh, prompting to be um, the ultimate crypto payment system in a sense in the decentralized world as well as having an opportunity to be a remittance payment system in the in the fiat world. Um, and not only that, we've also uh, got a Tectum Labs pro, uh, incubation platform there for any projects that want to build on top of our platform. And uh, we're very in tune with uh, the AI craze that's coming along as well. Um, so that that's kind of where we are right now. But the background story is very interesting. So our roots of uh of uh the company so chris mind is the uh the company the registered company in the in the seashells and tectum is the uh the blockchain but chris mind's uh roots go back uh nine years ago um the company started off in a, a b2b environment selling uh security protocols at the beginning and then evolving um into dlt technology for private clients um, and then once uh, you know the the team started evolving they're very they were very grassroots and uh, they evolved and uh, started seeing the future is going to be decentralized um, and they started sort of transitioning from b to b to b to c um, and that's whenever I guess the we started taking the DLT technology putting a consensus mechanism around it and then forming uh, the blockchain side of it. Um, and that's all down to uh, our senior developer, um, who's uh, a little background on him there. I mean, he's been into uh, cryptography for many decades now. Um, he's and he, he built his first cipher whenever he was a youngster. And very interesting uh, thing to note was he was involved in a project in the, the 80s where he where they were trying to figure out 
uh, blockchain technology in an analog fashion for uh, submarine development. Uh, submarines would be in different compartments, and if there was a breach in the submarine, they would need to know, need uh, a kind of a blockchain in order to contain it, communicate to one another, contain that breach, so that um, the submarine would have less likelihood of going down. So he he utilized that technology once uh, once we got to that point of going B to C and forming a blockchain. Um, you know, we, that experience there, he just basically said, well, I know how to do it uh, in the real world in an analog sense. Uh, let's do it digitally. So that's um, how the Tecton blockchain started uh, concept started coming into play. Um, it was it was completely different it, or it is completely different from, I guess, what most people would see in the space is uh, how Bitcoin utilize blockchain technology by having uh, you know block uh, bitcoin would have had it in such a way where they needed proof of work concept to work in line with the blockchain so slow down the blockchain put all the information in a 10 minute block and so on um where our architecture for the blockchain was uh, completely different um it's actually got a, a three-tier structure architecture and it's designed to be uh, very lightweight um, so that it can have more uh, more throughput and uh, higher speed. That would give it its higher speeds. Um, with, the t- with the blockchain side of things, um, it's all uh, it's always it's all to do about hashing and the hashing algorithm that we developed on top of that. Um, so any uh, we would tout the blockchain as being uh, an overlay network. And that network can overlay onto any database. Uh, it's interoperable with uh, with any other kind of uh, blockchain as well. But we've seen uh, that working with Bitcoin and the scalability issues was kind of the way forward. But uh, we do run over a million transactions uh, per second. We do that with the hashing algorithm. Each block is small. It's only about uh, anywhere between 32 bits to 132 bits, depending on um, the application. And uh, each transaction, one transaction goes into one block. So then you form the block. And uh, it's really all to do about uh, remapping the environment. Um, we can go a little bit deeper on the, the technical sides of it there, but that's basically how the, the blockchain itself works. Um, and again, it's more uh, it's more for the Internet of Things. You know, we know the entire world is going to go decentralized at some stage. You're going to need a, a, a blockchain there for uh, for all of this uh, transfer of information. And that's really what uh, it was designed for. Um, now. When we finished the blockchain a few years ago, um, we then decided to uh, go for our first product. And that's how, whenever the soft notes came into play, the concept of the soft note there. But um, before we move on to that there, like if, if uh, you want to know a little bit more about the blockchain there, then uh, ask away. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting concept and the way it's been put together, I think it's fascinating. Um, I don't know if anybody in the audience has got any questions from the technical aspects of the the blockchain that they would like to 
pop on stage or note down the side um any questions uh, do let us know um whilst we're waiting for those questions um from from the audience though um what is the the main uh problem that tectum are, are looking to to solve do you feel at the moment because we've uh, developed uh, our payment system the soft notes payment system we really think that uh, the problem that we can help the most with is the scalability issue that uh, bitcoin is facing at the moment um as each cycle comes uh, starts and finishes we obviously see um congestion starting to really uh, have issues fees start going through the roof and um that's only added to the fact that uh ordinals are starting to have their effect onto the network and a lot of it seems to be uh spamming the network and just really stretching it out to its uh technological capability um and not only that we've got the etfs that um i guess the deadline is today for that and it's very interesting what's been happening over the last 24 hours um, and how that's all going to play out but inevitably the etf will be approved somewhere down the line if not today and that is just going to cause more congestion more fees to uh to come to the bitcoin network there so we see soft note uh, the payment system there as being uh, the best scalable uh, solution to try and take away a lot of the the um, the congestion from the network, as well as alleviating the fees. So um, that's how I see right now. That's how I see um, uh, the biggest opportunity for us. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense, and and that is really focused from you know the transactional viewpoint isn't it yes yes correct there so you know we can talk about soft note there and how it works there and um, so the idea well at the very beginning um whenever we had the blockchain fully developed we uh said well let's let's see what we can do for for bitcoin so the developers downloaded the uh the nodes the bitcoin nodes looked at the code uh, studied it for a number of months and uh, came up with some very interesting uh, 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 um, solutions they rebuilt the node back up and uh, put it onto our network so we've we've got our own in uh, uh, built uh, in-house built node and what we were able to do was and anybody in the audience here can do this right now um we could take one Bitcoin wallet and another Bitcoin wallet and make a transaction from one to the other on the layer one on the actual uh, Bitcoin uh, network. And we could have a transaction go through for about 14 cents at, uh, with, a, with a, a finality of about one second. And you could verify that on any Explorer. So we found that very, very interesting, and we thought, oh wow, you know, this is—we've already uh, kind of uh, uh, come up with a, a solution, a scalable solution. As we uh, did more testing down the road, we did—we then realized that, well, yes, we can make it cheaper and faster on a layer one, but we were—we still had to adhere to the Bitcoin Constitution, which is. It takes 10 minutes for a block to fill out 
So we could fill the mean pool in a matter of uh, seconds or tens of seconds, but we would still, once we filled it, we'd still have to wait for that block to close in order for another one to open and then start the process again. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a full scale solution. Um, so we got back to the drawing board and realized that uh, well, we need another piece of technology to, uh, to try and uh, bridge that gap. Um, so we made a combination of that technology, the layer one technology, and then brought it to the layer two. And um, SoftNote in its very basic form is just a digital, uh, a digital container. When it comes to our network, it's a digital container and it does get a little bit technical there, but um, you can basically put anything inside that container and close it and then it have the, uh, the security of it being, um, uh, you know, have it absolutely secure with uh, cryptography and uh, the, same kind of, uh, the same kind of technology as Bitcoin. And uh, for that, that uh, the applications are pretty much endless. Um, uh, overall, you can put any kind of cryptocurrency in it, any kind of digital currency. Uh, you can put fiat currency. And we can even tokenize any kind of assets. So in theory, we could tokenize a vault of gold with uh, an oracle um, and issue out currency um, a, a gold currency inside the soft note. But we'll keep it kind of simple there. We'll just um, focus on Bitcoin because obviously that's the low hanging fruit. And with soft note, uh, it's a digital banknote for Bitcoin. And um, within inside of that is the ownership rights, or sorry, um, is, is an actual Bitcoin wallet. Um, the way it works is a soft note is minted into existence. Um, it's got a set denomination on it, and that denomination at face value could be 0.5 of a Bitcoin, and then uh, it would open up a Bitcoin wallet. Someone would come and fill that, uh, that soft note with liquidity, and then um, the smart contract is complete, and then you can use it as currency. So that's how it, it, it works there. We basically can take... Bitcoin off chain and then turn it into a currency and then uh, use it to pay for goods and services. That's kind of the overall uh, idea of how SoftNote works. Awesome. And we've got a question from Nashi82 here. Um, does the high speed transactions compromise the security of the chain? Uh, who do you want to take over the space? I guess two questions in one. <laughs> Yeah, well, on the security side of things, um, the way we believe because of the architecture, the, the three-tier architecture, um, we can make it highly secure on a lower level as well as using the, uh, the novel hashing idea to um, form a, a set of blocks on the top layer. So um, we do, each block doesn't ha isn't full of information. All it is is one transaction. Um, so each block is one transaction on top. And then basically um, you form a set of blocks through hashes. The hashes then remap the environment. 
and then the lower level starts uh, starts mapping itself out. Um, so we do believe that the uh, the tree tier architecture is is uh, a, is the best way to evolve um, a kind of a the information layer into the hashing layer, and then get the uh, the throughput necessary to uh, to scale up to uh, certain operations, uh, mainly for the the Internet of Things. So that's kind of how uh, kind of how the blockchain side works. And uh, what was the the second question? Uh, who do you want to take over in the space? Uh, how do you mean? Not not sure, uh, Nashi. Um, if you want to, yeah, I read that, that as um, as in like competitors. Who who is your number one competitor that you want to overtake in the space? Uh, which yeah. Yeah, good question there. And we never really thought about it in blockchain terms there, but our closest competitor um, we do feel is the Lightning Network, just because of the, the soft node and the, the scalability side of things. Um, I mean, Ripple to a certain degree, because you know, soft node can be used as a, a, a remittance settling program. So between the Lightning Network and XRP there, we do that that's kind of where we're uh, putting the notch on and we want to uh, we want to rival with. So they'd be kind of the two the two main competitors that uh that we're really uh we're really going for. So I think that's a really good segue into to my next question because my next question was really gonna be around what what are the differences um you know of, of Softnote and the Lightning Network, and perhaps we can also add uh, Ripple into the mix there as well. Uh, and I guess what's the benefits of the Softnode over those uh, competitors, for example? Yeah, great question there. Look for the we we've been monitoring the Lightning Network very closely because uh, obviously they've got a mega budget behind them they've got the the names behind it the budget behind them the marketing behind it so uh we really uh we really followed them very closely um and we we what from from a technological side we honestly thought that this started uh, pretty much from the wrong step um which was to try and open a channel and then close the channel on the, the bitcoin network and that's we believe once you start opening channels and closing channels, um, you're still going to have congestion. You know, you're still going to have to settle on the network. You're going to have that congestion. You're going to have the fees on top of that. That we've seen, we've seen how it played out. Where the um, when you open up channels, then you need some form of trust between between people, and uh, whenever they don't trust one another. They had to put, we call it a, a crutch in the network, and that crutch was a watchtower. And I mean, once I heard there was a watchtower that was watching transactions, um, I didn't really agree with that. I thought it was, it's like putting a central bank in uh, in a, in the banking sector, in a regional banking sector. It's like uh, you know the watchtower uh, holds all the keys, and then um, will can you know they settle. The matters within that channel and um, so when we seen that happening technologically uh we started watching how it was rolling out and we kind of what we suspected 
really did happen there. When they rolled it out in, let's say, El Salvador, they were having issues trying to settle on the network. Um, KFC was trying to communicate with McDonald's and, and settling, uh, you know, settling the transactions on the network. And we've seen mayhem happen behind the scenes. It was taking 40, 50 minutes for a transaction to complete. Well, you're already back to the to the scalability issues of the layer one. Um, so, you know, they, they were really our, our closest rivals that um, uh, we were watching. And we honestly think that once you take um, Bitcoin off chain and uh, onto uh, a, a soft notes, that it's fully off uh, the Bitcoin network, but you can always, uh, with, with the soft note, you can always, at all times there, go to an explorer with the private keys and verify that, yes, the soft note that I have in my hand, if it's, let's say, 0.5 of a Bitcoin, you can always verify it on an explorer and know that I, I have ownership rights of this soft note and inside there is actually 0.5 of a Bitcoin. Um, and then obviously at any stage, you can uh, opt out of the soft note. You can burn the soft note um, and then get the private keys of that Bitcoin wallet inside the soft note and then uh, you know take it back into the layer one. Obviously, if it goes back into the layer one, you're back into the, um, uh, the fees and congestion. Um, so when it comes to, uh, let's say, Ripple, XRP, um, I mean, what we're finding with Ripple is um, they've, they've been in the market a very long time and they've got a good, uh, a good, a good base with, um, with all their um, uh, partnerships. Um, but we think that they're settling, the way they settle, uh, settle on their network there, it's fully centralized. You know, we're, we, uh, we really don't agree to that. We want to be fully decentralized in this world. Um, it's a fully centralized blockchain, so you're always kind of at the mercy of whoever is uh, at the center of that, that, uh, that side of things. Um, one bank uh, will settle with another bank through the... Um, the um, what do you call it, the uh, the token. And uh, the volatility of the token there has kind of put a lot of uh, a lot of banks and institutions off using the XRP as a remittance program. Um, we have pitched the soft note idea to many financial institutions and um, we're actually in talks with, uh, with one of the biggest um, exchanges in the world. And the, we pitched the idea to say, look at, if you use the soft note instead of, uh, or if you use our soft note idea, then you can fill a soft note with fiat currency. Each bank would fill a certain amount of soft notes with their fiat currency in the same denominations as uh, cash. And um, they can then um, exchange them for another bank that's got a different fiat currency with um, that's filled with their currency. So an example would be, um, the Bank of England could fill um, soft notes with sterling and then have a direct exchange with, um, uh, you know, the, the Federal Reserve in America. And um, they would have uh, dollars in denominations in soft notes, and then they could have an exchange rate between one another. So there'd be no token uh, that would be settling the remittance in that. They, we could 
do that with Bitcoin if they wish, because Bitcoin would be a lot less volatile and we have pitched them, pitched the idea to them. And we have got a warm reception from them there. But obviously, when it comes to legacy two and banking sectors, it is a very uh, a slow process, if uh, if that makes sense. So that that's kind of how um, we would see ourselves there sort of rivaled up with uh, the Lightning Network or with, with XRP. Yeah, and obviously the banks have got a lot of dormant uh, like fear in certain types of bank accounts, haven't they, around the world? You know, particularly areas that people don't often travel to, but do travel to, and they need to have funds there to to obviously exchange and stuff. So, it's a, a massive use case there, isn't it? Well, yeah. Look at the, if you're to, if you're to go into um, the unbanked sector, um, then we could go back to where Softnote can be used as currency. Um, you know, we all know that Bitcoin was, um, the white papers wanted uh, Bitcoin to be a currency for the internet, for everybody to have. Um, and it's it has over the years um, migrated into a store of value, but it's only got to be a store of value because, um, because of fees and congestion. And the fact that um, the likes of, let's say, England, America, these first world countries, um, we're only just seeing inflation being annoying and a pain for everybody. We're not actually seeing it where it's devastating, uh, devastating families to the point there where they're out on the streets. Um, so the likes of Argentina, El Salvador, uh, Sri Lanka, Turkey, You've seen over the last year or two where their fiat currencies has just debased into oblivion and they're not educated enough to know what is going on. How is this happening? Uh, where you know where did it all go wrong? Um, and they're throwing it down on the ground there and going back to uh, the US dollar or migrating to the US dollar. But obviously we know that's going to either um hyperinflate into oblivion or will be lulled uh, like cattle into into a shed to go into a central bank digital currency and then we're going to be playing that uh, that game but for all these uh, for all these countries that are really feeling it right now bitcoin is go is a stable kind to them because they can then um price in goods and services in Bitcoin and have it as a stablecoin, in a sense, you know, and uh, have a Bitcoin standard in their environment. And we really believe that um, our our wallet, our uh, our soft note system can um, bring a lot of these people into the realm where you can have a, a retail environment or a, a payment system for them, where. If they earned a dollar a day, it's not going into Bitcoin fees or just completely eradicates them from using Bitcoin as a currency. Um, so that, you know, for the unbankless, as long as they've got uh, an Internet connection of some description, which most of them do have, then all they need to do is is download the uh, download the app. And uh, we actually have a merchant, a fully functional merchant terminal with inside the app. So any small business, big business can uh, can go there, input uh, input all the necessary steps there, taxes before, taxes after, or, or tips or anything like that, and 
use the system there in order to to make payments and uh, build economies again because i think that's really where uh, where the future lies for a lot of these uh, third world countries um so that's really how we we really uh, we really see the bankless sector for us yeah it's it's interesting because everybody um talks about you know um the the countries that you you've mentioned but even in in the US there's uh, areas that you know don't have internet don't have uh banks and um yeah it's a, it's, it's definitely a, a sector where uh, a lot of good can can come out of blockchain technology, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then um, with blockchain technology, you know where you stand. You know, um, you can trust trust the network there, trust what you're seeing there. And I mean, uh, for instance, our our blockchain there it is ideal for supply chains, supply chain networks, uh, Internet of Things, things of all of that nature there. So. Um, when it comes to the blockchain side, we really think that uh, there's many applications for uh, you know for the decentralized revolution that is that is coming to us quicker quicker than we think really. Definitely. Um, with the the soft note, uh, how private would the transactions be? Yeah, great question there. And whenever you start to see how the soft note uh, works. Um, you'll actually see that it's an it gives you an an added layer of privacy. Um, when it comes to uh, layer one, um, you've got uh, you've got a ledger, your digital ledger there, where you see the recipient's uh, wallet and uh, the receiver's uh, wallet there. So you see the wallets on both sides, and I mean that's private until you uh, a certain amount of wallets are KYC'd and then all of a sudden you've got a name to the wallet and I kind of tout that eventually there is going to be the Bitcoin police there's going to be the uh, uh, a body or an entity created for the sole purpose of going through all of these uh, layer one transactions and um, they can't stop Bitcoin obviously but they can tax it to a point there where people don't want to use it. I think that's going to come down the line at some stage. Um, and uh, from uh, you know, uh, we last checked there, what eighty percent of uh, all Bitcoin is KYC'd to some description. So it wouldn't take much to know the remain remaining twenty percent. Um, so whenever you learn about Softnote, you learn that. We can take uh, that Bitcoin, take it off chain, put it in um, uh, soft notes with set denominations. And from that point onwards, the ownership rights um, is then uh, um, the security factor for the ownership rights is used by a dynamic passcode. Um, so the way the way that works is when you mint a soft node into existence and liquidity comes along and um, you've got a smart contract that uses um, a dual factor uh, I forget the name of it now it's it was in my notes there but it basically opens up a private key and a public key the private key is hashed uh, into a block and the hashes that we don't know what the information is uh, it's just a, a cryptographic hash and uh, so we don't know what the private key is. It's stored in the uh, smart contract. And then 
that smart contract is secured by this dynamic passcode. Once you know that dynamic passcode, you've got the ownership rights inside that smart contract, which is the bit, uh, which is uh, Bitcoin. The example is 0.5, but uh, it could be uh, the denominations are anywhere from uh, four zeros one uh, Bitcoin to four zeros two to four zeros five to a three zeros one three zeros two, you know, and so on. Um, so there's a set denominations for for uh, soft note, but the passcode. Um, I can send you that soft note of 0.5, let's say, give you the serial number that uh, that's on it, the, the passcode, and then me and you have uh, have got ownership rights to that. You then go to um, the soft note wallet, uh, copy and paste the serial number, input the um, passcode, and then our system will issue out a new passcode. Then it's for your eyes only, and then you know that you've got the ownership right. Um, our system only registers on the ledger a serial number and a passcode. That's all, and a timestamp. Uh, that's it. That's all we register. So we don't have anybody's details. We don't know where where um, uh, we don't know where the last transaction was, the the, the next transaction. Um, there, there's you know them parts are not on the Explorer. The only thing on the Explorer is the serial number of the, the digital note, the soft note, and the dynamic passcode. And every time it changes a wallet or changes hands, um, a new passcode is regenerated, and then you've ownership rights. Uh, and then again, if you opt out, if you wanna um, opt out of the system, um, you just uh, put use the born function, input the passcode, that uh, allows you inside the contract, smart contract, and then you will then see the private keys of that digital note, the soft note, and then you can then uh, go back into the layer one. Um, so that's how you, you have that extra privacy. It, it's off chain from the network, the Bitcoin network. It uh, comes onto our network, but our network only ever uh, takes a, a, a ledger of the serial number, and the uh, the passcode. Super. Um, we've got a few questions around price, so we can't talk about those. Um, <clears throat> I guess we could um, answer this question um, to to an extent. What's the most recent uh, updates uh, or achievements for Tectum over the last few months? Yeah, good question. So. Um... We're moving away from the the soft note side of things there, which we've uh, you know we do um, we do pitch heavily there because it is it is our product uh, that's built on the blockchain there. Um, now, 2024 is the year where we go fully public and fully open source. And um, we started off the first of January with um, staking. Um, so um, the consensus behind uh, our blockchain is um, 50, it's, it's a, a, a dynamic one. It is 50% of the consensus is the no, um, uh, uh, proof of stake that everybody's very, very familiar with, um, as well as our own uh, proof of utility consensus mechanism that I can talk a little bit more about. 
Um, so we um, we've we've offered out staking um, for this year, um, and that that started on the first of January. We've already got something like over uh, half a million tokens uh, locked up on our network, our T12 network. Um, and overall, I think it's around 40 million worth of tokens there that have been locked up for the next three to, to six months. Um, so that was our, uh, our latest update um, to the network. We are going open source um, over a matter of months. And then um, we, have got, we have got a couple of... Um, People probably are aware it's quite uh, a dynamic project and uh, can be uh, a complicated project. So we did uh, develop a couple of educational bots um, that is, you know, it's basically replicated uh, the same kind of language module as uh, GPT-4. Um, it's all in-house there with fine tuning. And anybody that wants to learn anything about our projects, uh, about our project, um, basically can use this bot there to uh, to, to fine-tune and go into the depths of it all if the white papers are too much. Um, so we have developed a couple of bots. And then um, actually in the, the, in the coming months as well, um, we have got a couple of other projects that uh, we are incubating. So we do have um, Tectum Labs. That is our incubator and uh, launch pads protocol. And... Um yeah, the next two projects we're incubating is a project called Jobs 3. Um, Jobs 3 is basically, we're, we're going to replicate, we're all familiar with Fiverr. You know, Fiverr is a really good freelance uh, network for um, developers, for uh, SEO, SEO people, uh, for content creators, um, uh, copywriting and so on, um, but it's fully centralized. You need a bank account so that um, we don't really, uh, we, we want Jobs 3 to uh, change that paradigm and bring it uh, into a decentralized realm in which anybody with any skill set can come to uh, this center hub um, where uh, freelancers can be, uh, you know, freelancers there can uh, have their own avatars, they can uh, advertise their services, whether that be, uh, you know, market makers or whether that be um, uh, coders, things of that nature. So job three is going to be um, coming our way very, very soon. And then um, we also have another project that we're going to incubate called QuanMed AI. Um, it's, it's nearly an AMA in its own. But basically, um, its premise is to take centralized the centralized medical industry and uh, turn it completely decentralized, um, which is very fascinating because you know, we all know that uh, when it comes to the medical industry, it's fully decentralized. I mean, there's only four or five big pharmaceutical companies that have the monopoly of uh, the entire industry. And uh, we want everybody to have their own private keys to their own data, their own medical data, whether that be a patient um, or whether that be physicians um, or whether that be biohackers. Um, so it'll be like an app system where um, you can 
uh, bring your your medical data into the decentralized network, have private keys, and then within that space, you can actually monetize your data if you wish. Um, and not only that, you can pick and choose what third parties you want uh, your data to go to for research and development, as well as going into the the uh, quantum computing fields where we want to have quantum computers um, take take medical data and then use um, uh, you know use uh, computing and AI machine uh, learning algorithms to do diagnoses through that data because we all know that uh, the human side of things there are people miss miss uh, misdiagnoses as well as not having the time or the the capability for it there so we think that uh, we're going to build ai algorithms there that will uh, facilitate in that realm so there are two projects that we're going to incubate for the coming months and then uh, the staking protocol is uh, the latest development on that and then uh, you know the soft note payment system uh, was finished uh, about three or four months ago but to give you a little bit more um, we have um, opened up the realm for ordinals um, so we can we can actually you can actually mint uh, ordinals soft note ordinals it's the same kind of technology for that um, basically you know we know ordinals uh, you inscribe um, you inscribe data into the into one satoshi um, but obviously that can uh, congest the network you're limited to um, the amount of data as well as a layer one problem of of uh, of your congestion and your fees you can actually mint um, any kind of information onto a soft note um, and then uh, or inscribe the information we take a hash of that information and then the hash is then stored onto the uh, the bitcoin network and then you can use the Bitcoin or the uh, the soft note ordinal in the same fashion with the serial number and passcode, and then hand it from one person to the other for a, a very very small fee. So they're they're the main updates that have happened over the network over the last uh, the last couple of months. Yes, and um, definitely some really interesting use cases with the projects that you're you're incubating. Um, you know, the the medical sector has been one that I've highlighted as. Uh, one that I think is going to be really, really big uh, for, as a as a narrative. Um, so yeah, really interested to to learn more about those over the the coming months for sure. Is there anything else that you want to to cover with the audience that perhaps we haven't already sort of covered or delved into? No, that's really it. I think that's uh, kind of the the main overview there. So um, yeah. We, we've talked about the blockchain side of things, how uh, we'd like to scale up for, um, you know, the Internet of Things that's uh, coming along and the transition from, you know, centralized uh, databases into the decentralized realm. Uh, we've talked about the soft note payment system in which uh, you can take any kind of cryptocurrency from the native network and um, take it into a, a currency form with uh, a digital note, a soft note, and then um, uh, play the game in that sense and have an added level of uh, security. We've talked about Technum Labs, where we're wanting to incubate uh, certain projects 
and uh, share resources with them, whether that be development resources or um, marketing resources. And, um, you know, we are going for 2024, we're going open source. Um, actually, the, the we can talk about the token. Um, so the token um, we call TET, T-E-T. And um, TET is unique. Uh, you know, we, we, um, we pitch it as a, a utility token. And um, the actual utility for that token mainly is to mint soft notes. Um, you know, without the soft note, we can't solve the scalability issues of uh, of Bitcoin. And then without the token, we can't actually mint the uh, soft note into existence uh, for that utility. So anybody that's that um, has got tokens um, uh, right now, one offer is um, our introductory offer is um, one TED token for a bundle, a hundred. Uh, 100 staff node bundle and set denominations and um the uh i guess the carrot for uh the carrot that's dangled for um uh, the soft notes is how we actually utilize it for a uh, passive income or passive rewards for life and um, so this goes into the merchant side of things there so um we've got a merchant terminal and uh, we rival it against uh, against Visa, Mastercard, Stripe, and uh, basically you download the wallet or SoftNote wallet. You go to the merchant terminal, you fill out the details, and there's no upfront fees. There's there's no nothing. You just basically um, uh, uh, start using it straight away. And as long as the merchant or the shopkeeper has got uh, a device in order to generate QR codes um, to accept. Uh, soft notes as a payment, then they're good to go. Um, we only we we don't charge uh, or we only ever charge up to one percent to the merchant for the uh, the the service. And um, so we've already beaten Visa and Mastercard, and uh, we can go down to 006 percent for any big chains that uh, that come our way. Um, but that what's interesting is that one percent fee that we charge to the merchant kicks back into uh, proportions, twenty uh, percent proportions to the person that minted the soft node into existence, and then the liquidity provider that filled uh, Bitcoin, let's say Bitcoin, Bitcoin into the soft node. So. If you went to the merchant and um, you spent $100 worth of Bitcoin, we charge 1% uh, in TET to the merchant. And uh, so that's $1 worth of TET. And then $0.20 cent goes back to the minter that minted that soft node into existence. And then $0.20 cent goes to the liquidity provider. And then the remaining 60% goes to rewards to the node operators to uh, ensure that all transactions uh, uh, are in the right order. So there is a, a passive reward infrastructure for uh, for that. Um, so um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's basically that's basically it. That's an overview of the the entire system. Perfect. I mean, it it sounds phenomenal, and uh, you know, I 
behind uh closed doors i've been raving about it i say the closed doors the the membership uh area we've been uh talking about the project i've done uh, a few reviews now and uh yeah really really do like it um there's a couple of other questions that have come up um what we got here on the website i see uh five or so businesses accepting uh soft note uh, are you able to share other business interested uh, or have signed up? Yeah, absolutely. So we have got uh, an in-house team that uh, basically their role is to try and reach out to uh, businesses, whether they're already established for accepting crypto payments um, or whether um, they're not. Um, we've got a team there that goes out to it. Um, we need to actually update the, the website there because uh, the team have been doing very well there. We've, we've uh, up until now we've signed up about 140 or 150 merchants, and um, so we need to update that. And uh, that number is is growing. Um, so, um, yeah, and they should be they should be on the Twitter page. Anytime we do sign up a merchant, we do uh, we do cross promote with them. And um, uh, you know we put their business up on our uh, our website and share with our Telegram community, or not our website, our uh, Twitter page. And um, so uh, we do need to update the website there and make sure that we have a list of all those merchants. But yeah, it's it is growing there, and you know we we do have to sort of think as well. Um, right now, the industry is. We're still, you know, we're still just close to uh, to the run. You know, the runs just right. Uh, the bulls are just around the corner there, and obviously, as the bulls come and the ETFs are approved, there's going to be more demand and more headlines coming uh, coming towards Bitcoin. So that's really whenever we can, um, you know, uh, uh, issue out more funds for the market inside and really push the payment system. But uh, but up till now, we've about 140, 140, 150 merchants signed up. Yeah, it's really, really good. And uh, yeah, I think this is going to be the biggest bull run like in history with the amount of adoption. I think, you know, privacy layers coming in. Obviously, you mentioned, you know, the, the medical sector being able to mask, unmask. Uh, your data is going to be a very uh, important aspect to, to get more mainstream adoption into to blockchain so yeah it's going to be really really interesting there's one other question here uh how do you become a node operator node operator yes so that is uh, an updated tab on our soft note wallet so basically uh you go into your wallet there is a, a staking tab Within that staking tab, there is uh, pools, uh, pools of nodes, and you basically select whatever uh, pool that fits you. Um, or, well, there, there's two ways. This you can be a, a validator node, and then you can also delegate uh, delegate stakers onto your node. Um, if you want to be a delegator, then um, it's a hundred tet minimum to opt in to the the delegator pool and then the validator node is a minimum of i think 15000 tet to start off with um and that will will go down as time goes along um now um 
we've issued out the nodes, the staking nodes right now in our uh, in a virtual environment. So all nodes are uh, community nodes and are running on our servers. But in the next month or so, we are going to give uh, give the code and uh, give the uh, node operators a choice of taking the uh, virtual node and running the node onto their platform. Um, and then once that happens, our, our consensus mechanism comes into play, which is proof of utility. Um, proof of utility is basically, we kind of call it a useful uh, proof of work uh, protocol. And um, that you, you get a, a rating system that goes along with that. And the higher the rating, the more rewards. So you'll have um, a staking protocol to your node. That'll be 50% of the rewards. Um, but the other 50% is proof of utility. Um, and to qualify for, uh, well, not even qualify there, but to compete for the rating uh, algorithm, you've basically got four line items for that. Uh, those line items are the upkeep of internet. Um, so the, the, the faster the internet and the more upkeep of the internet, that's 12.5% of the rewards. Um, then it's uh, this, how if you can keep to the speed of 1.3 million transactions a second, which will require not really more than uh, a gaming computer. An ordinary laptop will, uh, will get up to a million or an ordinary PC will get up to a million, but it might just need an upgrade, uh, uh, you know, like a, a hardware upgrade to get to that, that high threshold. But it will be capped at 1.2 million so that we don't start running into a war between um, hardware, you know, getting the biggest, baddest hardware to try and up the rating, because that would go into a full-blown proof-of-work concept. Um, the the next line item is the transaction history. So if you've got a high rating of good uh, good transactions validated, your your rating is higher. If your node happens to have uh, some bad transactions validated, your rating will go lower. If it goes to a certain threshold, you're kicked out of the network completely. And then the fourth line item is uh, what we call latency time. And that is basically your your lag time where your node would validate unusual transactions. Um, an unusual or abnormal transaction would be uh, an update to the network or uh, something something along them lines. So it would be the gap between where you could get the transaction, uh, uh, validate it, verify it, uh, and so on. So there are the four main line items for the proof of utility concept um, and any node operator that wants to take possession of a node into their servers and uh, have full uh, you know have full ownership rights and um, that will be rolling out in the next uh, four to six weeks and uh, we'll give we'll uh, we'll give everybody the necessary uh, information and code for them to take possession of the node but as of right now anybody can uh, go into the wallet, go to the staking protocol, pick a pool. The pool is a node and um, be a delegator to that pool. Or you can open up your own uh, own node and uh, get rewards for that.
Awesome. Um, probably make this the last question. Uh, can merchants accept online payments? I assume that's a yes. Yes, yes. So as well as the the, the physical uh, merchant terminals with our uh, uh, SoftNote um, wallet, um, we also have got, a, 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 I guess you call it a widget, where it would just be an extension onto their website. Um, so basically, they will have a tab on their website, um, payments, uh, you know, SoftNote payment. You'll click on that. The widget will open up. And then you will have access to the merchant's um, terminal digitally, and then uh, you can make a payment online. So uh, we are we are fine tuning that at the moment and evolving that. But uh, as of now, that is possible. Yes. Super. Um, let's see if we can squeeze one more in. Uh, it would cost six hundred k to be a validator at today's price. Fifteen k tokens times forty dollars. Would this be a problem uh, onboarding more validators in the future? Will this affect the network? Yeah, so we started off with a higher threshold, uh, more so to, to, to I guess, uh, see how it would play out. Um, but as time goes on there, that threshold is going to steadily go down. We didn't want to have it to such a low threshold that there'd be too many people coming in and then the i guess the rewards would be diluted too much there so we kept the threshold uh, up high at the moment and and funny enough um the token has went on a bit of a run uh, as of lately there you can you can see that in the chart so we had um the lower rate um in mind for when it was developed you know the threshold so it was already developed and then all of a sudden the token went into a run there so it it you know, it looks as though wow, it's it's a it's a it's a huge amount uh, to jump in straight away. But that that will that threshold will go down um, as we update the nodes and uh, roll it out more over the future. Super. Um, so we will for anybody that perhaps joined late or had to to drop off. We will obviously uh, publish this on on Twitter. We will have it on the uh, podcast uh, platforms as well, the likes of Spotify, Amazon, uh, and Google uh, Podcasts, and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule, Trevor, to sort of talk us through everything Tectrum. Um, I think it's been fantastic to to obviously engage directly here with uh, the the community and uh, look forward to to doing more of these. Yeah, absolutely, there, absolutely. And again, uh, if anybody wants to know more about who and what we are and what we're doing, we uh, we roll out blogs almost on a daily basis, and we've got some very thorough white papers, but especially the um the timbot um if anybody wants to learn more then um just go to our telegram handles and uh, a moderator will give you access to um the timbot ask it any questions as if you were chatting to uh, uh chat gpt and uh, it's it really does give uh, give a well-rounded answer to uh, a lot of the a lot of the questions there so Highly, highly recommend uh, people jump onto that and uh, get familiar with it there because it, it definitely fine tunes the, the answers for us. Super. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.